Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network and sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook. I am your host, as always, Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, and we've got a fun little two-parter coming your way today as the final seconds tick off the clock for the Anaheim Ducks and Colorado Avalanche game. The Abs win that game 5-2, to two. but before we get to that game, we have brought back our favorite recurring guest, Mr. Drew Livingstone of Sportsnet. And Christian, this one was a lot of fun, I have to say. It was a great interview. Um, granted, I was late because that's just the story of my life, but really good time talking with Drew. If you haven't gotten a chance, go check some of his stuff out on Sportsnet. He's an awesome guy, big-time Avs fan. Um, maybe a little bit of listening bait here. Uh, there was some talk about a potential Bo and Byram trade, potentially. Um, we talked about that. It, it was a really good time talking with Drew, and like uh, Griffin said, just a really good guy and probably one of our favorite recurring guests. I love having Drew on because it feels like sometimes we're not interviewing him. It feels like to a certain point he's interviewing us and springing stuff like, a Bo Byram trade on us and snap judgment. What do you got to do? You got to decide now. I love having him on. He's just so much fun. Just such a great dude. Yeah. Great dude. Big time abs fan and just a super fun guy to have on great follow on Twitter too. Yeah, absolutely. One of the best abs fans you can follow. So without further ado, here is our conversation with Mr. Drew Livingstone of Sportsnet. And once that wraps up, we will be talking about the ducks game that just wrapped up. So hope you guys enjoy and talk to you in a little bit. All right, we are joined by our favorite guest joining us once again, Mr. Drew Livingstone of Sportsnet. Drew, how's it going, man? Pleasure to have you back. Not bad. It was a rough start to the year, as you guys know, uh, but it's it's happy that it's coming back down to earth or the abs are coming back up to earth. I don't know what you would say in that scenario. I just screwed it up right off the hop. But yeah, we're, we're yeah, back no. and being happy. We get what you mean. We all, we all expected them to be good. They start off slow and feels like 
I don't know, it being normals coming back to earth. I, I think that makes less sense in a way, but yeah. I get what you mean. Yeah. The avalanche weird start to the year, five game win streak. They knock off the Sens seven to five in what is probably going to go down as the weirdest game of the season. And uh, not the kind of stress that I need for a middle of November game against Ottawa. What'd you make of the game? I thought that was the most excruciatingly frustrating, but dominant game I've ever seen. Like it was just like the Colorado Avalanche were clearly the better team for 59 of the 60 minutes, but couldn't buy a save. Uh, it was just really frustrating to watch that game be tied at all. Never mind, it shouldn't have even been close. It should have been like a 7-1 final. Yeah, me and Christian were talking before the game. Like, yeah, this, this is going to be a multi-goal blowout for the Avalanche. Sens haven't played in a week. And in a way, we were right. But uh, as Christian was telling me during the game, we weren't expecting Darcy to have one of the worst games of his career. And he was playing great before that, too. Oh, yeah. I was talking about during the game. His last six games have been outstanding. And all of a sudden, he comes in and posts a, a 750, which is an improvement throughout the game is what it was earlier this is game with that fifth goal he gave up might be one of the worst goals i've ever seen that was just that was one where he was on his back right and yeah he he just he just kind of fell down and he didn't really have the time to get back up so he just kind of held his hands up and sanford was just like Okay, and I want to give right the benefit of the mask. doubt that the skate or the stick blade was in his skate and it made him fall over. Like that's why he was kind of upset. But uh, yeah, you got to stop that. Yeah, yeah it's it, just after everything else, it's a rough look. Yeah, it was really bad. I was. What were your thoughts, Drew, on uh, the whole Avs Twitter after one ba- bad game turning on Darcy Kemper? <laughs> yeah, I I don't like it. I get it because they need good goaltending. But yeah, I mean, I, I was part of the part of the the army yelling at Kemper because. You, you need to save every now and then like i get it like you can have a bad game but every now and then just stop the puck it's simple you get paid to do that job we traded a first round pick for you uh you can't be playing at a, a 750 save percentage it's unacceptable yeah and you're t- and you're totally right about that but I, I was seeing people bringing up like well we got, if we're coming into this game against anaheim without a different starting goalie then bet not bet sakic should be fired i mean little excessive calm especially, down yeah. especially when Kemper has been great over the last six games but a 750 we're lucky that we're the avalanche and we have the kind of talent that we can win that game still but whew, that was dicey I mean let's not act like Philip Grubauer is having a great season in Seattle either, no. right so no. sub 900 so we've covered that extensively on the show because we both love Gruby but it's it, it, it's kind of funny to see what happens when he goes and plays in front of a mediocre defense and a mediocre forward group, just kind of how he comes back down to earth. Yeah. You mean having Mark Giordano instead of Kale McCarr as your number one D man doesn't help. Yeah. A little bit. Happen. Might help. Might hurt. A little bit. <laughs> Might hurt just a little bit. And we, I mean, and we saw in the abs Kraken game, just how much this poor Kraken team cannot get a save whatsoever. I mean, it's not just group hour. I feel like Chris Dreger was even worse. Yeah, and it shows again, like Florida is such a good defensive team and these goalies, they look great in front of these systems. It just goes to show you maybe like we were all pissed at Joe for letting Grubauer walk in the offseason, but maybe at the end of the day, the team is what makes the goalie, not the other way around. Yeah, absolutely. I forgot it's been so long since we had you back on the show. I forgot it was uh, before the expansion draft even. We were talking about who are we going to lose in expansion, whether it was going to be Donskoy or someone like that. I forgot that everything else happened 
after we brought you on. What did you make of all the the offseason drama with the team, whether it was Grubauer and getting Darcy Kemper or just even the it felt like at a certain point, the lack of things that happened after after a certain point? Yeah, I mean, first things first, it took them way too long to call up Alex Newhook. I was getting so mad to start the season. I was like, why is this guy in the minors? Like, our team sucks right now. Like, we can't score any goals. Um, yeah, it upset me when they let Saad leave more than anything, just because, I mean, the, the team's great on paper, but the top six still needs another scoring winger. I mean, you can't have Logan O'Connor. I love the kid, but you're not a top-line guy, and neither is Nachushkin, let's be honest. So that upset me in the offseason. They didn't go harder after a top six winger. Um, but hopefully they address it at the deadline. But yeah, I'd say that was my biggest qualm out of anything. And the defense is fine, but yeah, they need some more depth up front. And I didn't like that. Joe didn't address that. Who do you think is a potential trade candidate that we could possibly get at the deadline? Uh, I'd go, if I had to go off the top of my head, Forsberg, I'd really like Forsberg. Mm -hmm. One year left in Nashville. He's, he's going to be traded unless they're in the playoff spot which they let's hope they fall out so that we can get Forsberg. It'd be cool to have another Forsberg on this team. Let's be honest. Um, him or hurdle. I know he's got a modified no trade clause, but hopefully the abs are part of those three or four teams that are, he allows them to trade him to because they need a top six winger at the deadline. And I think they got to go and do something to get it. I know they have no first round pick, but a second, a third, whatever you need to do, go get one. Yeah. And they definitely, they definitely have the prospects to get a deal like that done. Like we just drafted an Oscar Olauson and a Sean Barron's last year. And Barron's is a guy I kind of identified as, I don't know if he'll ever play a game with the team just because our defensive core is so deep. We might not, even if we didn't trade him, I don't know where he would fit in, but I do like Forsberg and Hurdle as potential options. I always thought like a, it was more depth options. Maybe a Vladimir Mesnikov out of Detroit would be a want him back. Little, yeah. Fun little guy to run back. No, you need a top six guy. He's not a top six. I maybe Phil Kessel, if anything. Yeah, Kessel. Kessel could be interesting. I want. I wonder what Arizona is going to end up trading him at a certain point. Well, he hasn't been good this year, so no, no one. Has no one there. on that team's been good, but I don't know what what their demand's going to be. Or what I mean, they have. don't need draft picks. They've, there's the only team I've ever seen on Cap Friendly that have draft picks stacked. I don't know if you guys see that. If you go to their page, yeah, they have second round picks. They have second like rows of them. It, it's, it's so funny. It's hilariously bad. Like, and they have no one under contract next season. They're going to be bad for a long time. Yeah, they are as a historically bad hockey team. And oh man, and they're only they're only going to keep trading more and more people. It's only a matter of time before they have to start using those picks and actually start winning games at a certain point. Aren't they like three zero and one in their last? Yeah, they've games? actually started to win lately, which is hilarious. That's amazing. I love the Coyotes so much. They're such they're such a fun bad team. They're I'm one of the few people that out. hates their jerseys though. The Kachinas. Yeah, I don't like them. You don't like them? No, everyone loves them. Oh. I don't like them. I don't know. I didn't like their reverse retro. I, I like the the Kachina logo, I think, is just so ugly. It's beautiful, if that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense, actually. It's so ugly, it's beautiful. There's no other logo like it, honestly. I don't even know how they thought of that, and it, I kind of like it for that reason. Yeah. That's that's what I mean. It looks like a three-year-old was like, "Hey, what does a coyote look like in space?" Here you go. Like it's a, it looks like an astronaut coyote. I don't know. I don't even explain it. It's fair. If you, well, if what you, you held think a gun the, to my uh, head, I wouldn't think it's a coyote. Exactly. No. What, what what did you think of the Team Canada and Team USA jerseys? That was kind of hot on Twitter today. 
Uh, they're both sh- trash. Like, really? Like, you don't like Canada's? I like Canada's. Canada's is okay, but I hate that this hockey Canada keeps trying to force black into stuff. There's no black in our flag. Why is it? Why do we have black jerseys? Why do we have a black leaf on the red jerseys? Just red and white. It's simple. Just keep it red and white. Like the red jerseys with the white leaf look so much better, and that's not even an option. Yeah, the, the okay. white Canada jerseys are the only jerseys that were released today that were at least somewhat good. Yeah, exactly. And then the Team USA jerseys, they're fine, but like uh, they look like soccer jerseys. To yeah, me. that's exactly morning. that's exactly what I said. This looks like something that we'd be wearing for the World Cup in a couple years, not yeah, something it, we're wearing at the Olympics in a couple months. Just ugh. they have such a good crest that USA Shield. It's so sick. I don't know why they don't use that on every jersey. But it, even Canada had has always had good jerseys for the Olympics. I don't know why we don't just use those. We have to keep changing stuff. Why? When did we just start making bad jerseys as a sport? Like New Jersey, they're trying to be those hip. jerseys, if you want to call it literally jerseys, as it says. Oh my those God. are hideous. Yeah, that's uh, up there as the worst, worst jersey I've ever seen in my life. Like, it's just, what are you going to wear? And I, I laughed at the Dangle podcast having like the shirt shirts and the hats hats that came out. The same I saw day. that. That was funny. That I was love funny. that. And, uh, it's the same thing. Like, how can you put jersey on a jersey? It just looks stupid. Yeah, it's like, and who cares that Martin Brodeur designed this? It, yeah, Marty Brodeur is not goalie. a graphic designer. He sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, it, was, it was bad. Those jerseys are bad. But, like, And that yeah. went through so many people, and no one had, had the gall to tell Martin Brodeur that his jersey sucked. And like, But the what, fans oh, wanted like, a black one. They wanted a black one. Uh, yeah, exactly. a good one. Put the white, put the devil's logo in white on the black. It looks so much better. But no, let's oh, yeah. write cursive writing the word jersey because that's cool. Not even New Jersey, just, yeah, not just even new. Jersey. No one, no one making this jersey thought it was weird to put the word jersey on the jersey. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's just that should have never been approved. And now it is. I laughed at like not even the devil's social media is using it as like their Twitter logo. They have the white devil's logo that doesn't exist in any of their jerseys as their Twitter logo. I'm just like, your social team even knows it's a bad thing. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what some teams think about with these jerseys. But, it, like, the Abs Reverse Retro is so beautiful. I don't know why that's not a more primary logo. Did they stop selling it, the Nordiques one? They only did one release. They did one release. That was it. That's and then once they were gone, they were gone. I was trying to find one, like, a month ago to buy, and I was like, why can't I find one? I'm looking on eBay. People are selling for $400. I'm like, I'm not paying you $400 for this jersey. But uh, so I guess now I'm just never getting one. Yeah, they did one release. And I was lucky. I was on the list. So I got mine. I ordered mine like the second it dropped. But yeah, my buddy I sit next to at the games, he tried to get one and they've been sold out. And you have to pay a ridiculous price to get them now. It's, it's absurd. So they're not wearing them this year then? Nope. I heard rumors they're going to do reverse retros again next year. Well, hopefully it's this exact same jersey because it was great. But yeah, yeah. And nothing I hate more than the the letters of, like the diagonal Colorado. I hate those jerseys so much. You hate oh, yeah, the, the, the stadium series ones. I, I, no, the, so not the stadium ones. You remember the like the dark yeah. burgundy? The oh yeah, I know exactly. Oh man, yeah, I wasn't nuts about those. Oh, those ones. That's just when I was starting to become like a super hardcore Avs fan, and so those are like sediment for me because I think it's probably probably in like fourth or fifth grade when they were when they were wearing those they were just i loved them i love those jerseys i can't do it the diagonal letters it's like like the Tampa Bay lightning have the bolts ones the senators have the senators ones like really like real original put letters in a diagonal pattern across your chest come on 
Uh, that's fair. The team that has the worst jerseys, I don't know if you guys saw this. I was watching it a couple games ago. The stars with their neon black oh, yeah, 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 yeah. uniforms yeah. are some no. of the – it was so bad to watch on TV. It was I, one I of the worst things I've ever watched. It was, was Flyers against stars. And I stopped. Yeah, you can't. It's like it's like something that a bicycler, like a guy cycling at night, needs to wear in the pitch blacks that you can see him when you're driving your car. It's so I, bad. And then Ottinger has those pads that have it too. And it just yeah. throws me off so much. I really hope they don't wear them on Friday because I don't know if I'll be able to watch the whole game against the abs. It's bad. It's, it's like an, a big Xbox advertisement without <laughs> playing Xbox. There, there has to be some kind of like tactical advantage to that, that like opponents are get blinded by it or something, or they just can't focus. Like, uh, apparently the players love them though. Really? Oh, that's so weird. I've always wondered too, like when the players, I'm sure they have them at every game, those new intros they do where they project stuff on the ice. Yeah. I want to know if that fucks with the players. Cause like it fucks with me and I'm watching them. I don't know how they don't crash into each other. Usually they're not on the ice when they're happening to be fair. Like uh, they're like either in the tunnel or on the bench while that's happening. But yeah, it's, it's crazy how, complicated those intros go now and like you see like zoom in like it's like a laser show i'm just like can we just play hockey why am i sitting here for 15 (laughs) minutes waiting for the puck to drop another thing we can thank vegas for that's a you literally just took the words right out of my mouth i was starting a sentence (laughs) because you were talking and i was going to say it's because of vegas to be fair vegas they have like actors on the ice too with it it's not just like not just the show and I will say Montreal started it all. Let's not give credit to Vegas. Remember the kid with the torch at center ice with the flag? Oh, yeah. That was before Vegas. Everyone forgets that. That's, that's true. So I true, forgot honestly. about that. Oh, but that's always something I want to know. I wonder if it fucks with the players because it fucks with me and I'm sitting up in the nosebleeds. I don't know if it <laughs> fucks with the players at all. So, all right. Whew, man. But uh, what was uh, – we'll turn it back to a little bit more of the abs. But that, that's typical of this podcast, Drew. Me and Griffin just go on like these crazy tangents and then – We'll try and circle back to where we go. It, it's it's controlled chaos. We yeah, like it's a, it's one big train wreck, and eventually you have to try to push the train back on tracks at some yeah. point. But hey, podcasts are more fun when they're like that. Planned stuff never works as well. No, yeah. that's what that's what I've learned over the past eleven months. You make plans, and God laughs once you start recording. Yeah. <laughs> so, what was uh, what are you most excited for for the rest of the season with this Avalanche team? April. That's it. Playoffs. I mean, honestly, I say it all the time. Like I could care less about this regular season. Everyone's like, are you upset? Are you worried? Blah, blah, blah. No, they're going to make the playoffs. If they don't, then everyone should be fired, including Sackick. Uh, so they're going to make the playoffs. So I don't care what they do to get there. If they win the division, I don't give a shit about anything. You got to win the playoffs. You have to make at least the third round. Otherwise, uh, Bedner, everyone should be let go, even though he just got extended for some friggin' reason. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah, that's how, that's how I've always felt about the regular season at a certain point. Like, the first month is fun. You're getting back into it and everything. And once you hit October, or not October, November, December, you're like, this game means nothing in two months, especially when especially when you get to the playoffs and the, the rules change. Like, none of this matters. All, all the information that you're gathering right now, you throw it directly in the trash. Yeah, it's different when you're a bubble team. Like I think it was four years ago when they had to beat St. Louis in the last game of the season yeah. to make the playoffs, and you're like, it's all you're all pumped up for that game, but like you expect them to make the playoffs now, so then none of that matters. Right, exactly. And even this last game against the Senators, like it's a, it's a crazy game. I see everyone freaking out. And I'm like, yeah, this is fun. This is a fun yeah, exactly. little regular season game. I wasn't like panicking. I was like, what's the difference if we win or get a point in this game? It's in a month. This doesn't matter. 
Well, we just saw it five straight games. All of a sudden, they're what four points back of the first place in the central. And oh, yeah, when in hand points per points percentage wise, they're barely behind Minnesota for first exactly. In the central. It's it's crazy. I guess that kind of leads into my next question. Then, do you see any competition in the central division? Uh, no, it's the worst division in hockey. I thought it was the Pacific. I everyone was ragging on the Pacific before the season, including myself. I was like, oh, even Seattle can make it. It's so bad. But now looking at it, everyone is mediocre in the central. I mean, is there any team you're worried about facing in the playoffs? Like Minnesota? No. St. Louis? No. Winnipeg? No. Nashville? That'll be a sweep. Dallas? Meh. I mean, Chicago's not making it. Arizona's not making it. So realistically, if the Avs don't make the Western final out of this division, something went horribly wrong. That's I agree. I think that's exactly. Christian, I think that's the exact conversation we had last episode Yeah, about like, who's going to beat us in this division? Like not to disparage other teams or get six months ahead of ourselves, but when this team does play their best, I mean, you even saw it last year in the playoffs. We ran into the one team that could have possibly beaten us. That's when I had you on the first time, Drew, after we swept the Blues. Yeah. And we all know why they lost them. They didn't have a second line center. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. We're going to dive back down that rabbit hole, the Vegas series. We, we do that like once an episode and I immediately just feel my brain sink into my stomach because I still get so upset about Because like you were saying, nothing in the regular season that year mattered at all. All that mattered was that second round series. I don't think about anything else. But then it goes back to what I said at the beginning. Like it's the depth thing. Like you can't have like Kadri goes down, huge blow, second line center, JT Comfort, not good enough to be a top six forward. Uh, and just it shows you there's a depth issue in Colorado, which is not a great thing. And that's what Joe has to fix at the deadline. So that's what my fingers are crossed for. Yeah, and you you bring up the man himself, Nazem Kadri. We talked a little bit about his suspension when I had you on the first time. We brought up his future the second time I had you on. Now he's done a complete 180. He's tied for fourth in the league in point scoring yeah, without Nathan McKinnon in the lineup and is on pace for by far the best year of his career. How much do we need this guy? I know it's sad when you look at next year, like the potential players we're going to lose, like our team's going to be in shambles, but someone's going to pay this guy like $9 million if he keeps this up and I'm going to laugh because he's not worth that. Um, But yeah, I mean, can he keep this up? Probably not. If you you had to guess for a point total he's going to finish with, he's he's on pace for what, 126, I think right now? I'd still say... I'd say he still finishes around 72, 75 points, which would still be his best season ever, but there's no way he's going to get over 82 points. No, if he, if he gets over 60 points, especially once McKinnon's back as a second line center, you're laughing especially, and he's laughing all the way to the bank on his next contract. Exactly. We, we just wouldn't have the capital to pay. And even right now, the even money, if he, he finished, took, he, go ahead. I was saying, even if we finish the season right now and he had 23 points in 15 games, I think that's what it is or 24, uh, like how much money do you think he gets in the open market? At least seven for, for team, for a center hitting the open market that has that kind of point per game, seven at minimum. And even at his age team teams will throw a lot of money. It doesn't matter how old they are at centers that they believe can push them. And it's a shame because we, we love Naz, especially when he's playing, especially yep. in the playoffs, because the one time he did play in the playoffs for us, he was outstanding. He looks like he does right now. I mean, our entire second line is going to be hitting unrestricted free agency. They <laughs> all look great right now. And it's mildly infuriating to think that there's a real shot that like maybe one of these guys might be back, if that. It'll probably be Nachushkin. Open it's my guy, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
I'd say honestly, I could see all three of them leaving, honestly, and they're gonna be in they're gonna be big game hunters, I think, this offseason. If they if somehow, some way they don't make the third round, they're blowing this team up. And I could see like a big name being moved. Like uh, like I'm talking like Sam Gerard, Devontae, someone's gonna get traded and they're gonna blow this this roster up. I could see even Miko could be traded for all we know. Like if they don't make the third round, stuff's gonna change big time. Yeah. And honestly, that could lead us into to one of our next questions, what have you made of the the Sam Gerrard polarization ever since the the Vegas series? It seems like there's two factions on Sam Gerrard. With me and Christian, we're always on the train that Sam Gerrard is good. You should keep him, but there is this little thing that we have an outstanding defense and a great system, and that if you had to trade somebody, Sam Gerrard could be that guy. So, what do you make of the whole debate? Uh- I'm a huge Sam Gerard fan. I was getting mad people getting so angry at him last season. Like, did he have a bad series? Yes. Is he small? Yes. But we knew that going into it. And he has one of the best contracts in hockey. So he's already a top four defenseman on probably 97% of the teams. Like, like maybe Tampa, he's not a top four defenseman. He might be um, one there too. Yeah, exactly. So, and I mean, and he struggled to start this season too, which kept everyone piling on him, but he's plus eight in his last five games. Uh, He's rebounded, and I think like you can't trade him, especially with Byram's health concerns. I know everyone's excited about Byram coming back, but this kid has what is it, three concussions now in the last calendar year, and like he's had concussion history beforehand. So who's to say this guy even lasts another five years in the NHL? So can you really trust trading Gerard because you have Byram there, and then you have what Jack Johnson as your fourth defenseman? Come on. <laughs> yeah, Bowen Bowen Byram. I mean, it's the thing that nobody wants to say right now, but concussions are a wild card. And it's scary. There's, it's scary, scary stuff. And if you read the article by Peter Ball in The Athletic uh, about a week or so ago, I mean, he was dealing with some scary stuff last year, even just with that concussion, not even adding on this one. And fortunately for him, he's been back at practice and it looks like he's on track to be playing sometime in the near future. It makes me hold my breath every time he's on the ice, though. I'm just like, yeah, oh, my God, don't get hit. Don't get hit. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. Every time he's going to be back on the ice. It just, it just feels like he's a magnet for it. That's not a slight against him, but all it takes is, is another a puck ricocheting off a stick right in your face, getting smushed into the boards again. I mean, the way he's gotten hurt with these concussions, like if Keegan Cole is jumping into him, Bo yeah. Horvat swinging an elbow back at him. It's just I was so mad at Horvat for that. I was, it's so bad, and it's a real That's shame. The thing. So do you think, like, I'm on team – if you can trade Byram at the deadline for a solid, solid piece in the top six that has maybe a year or two left on their contract, I think you do it. I mean, yes, can he play another 10 years in this league and be amazing? Yeah, but he's also such a huge risk to never play again if he gets another concussion that like maybe you capitalize on his value right now that you have Kale McCarr, Devontae's, and Sam Gerrard already in the fold. That's an interesting thing. I'd never thought about it that way. It's interesting, but I look at it as you have a rare once-in-a-generation opportunity to have both Bo Byram and Kale McCarr potentially playing on the same pair. And I don't know, it's it's interesting to think about with his concussion history, but I'm, I'm always willing to bet on a guy staying healthy, especially with um, a potential like that and to take your team to another level because i would usually agree with you but it's head injuries you can't judge them. The like thing. one wrong hit head injuries are a, are a different animal but the, the other thing is i can't think of a player that i would be comfortable trading bo byram for at all 
Eichel's I mean, I was I was all in on giving Newhook and Byram away for Eichel. I, when I heard Eichel was coming to Colorado, I was like, yes, give them Byram, give them Newhook, give them a first-round pick. I don't care. Give them whatever they want. And when I heard uh, Elliot Friedman mention Colorado, I was like, no way. But it didn't happen because they didn't want to take money. But if you can get a big fish like that using your prospects, I say you do it. Cat I mean, who cares? Ten years from now, if they have a Stanley Cup ring in 2022, I mean, you're not going to remember them trading Bowen Byram in 2021. Uh, it's a good point. I hadn't even thought about trading Byron, but it is, it's scary, but because like you see it happen with all the time with players. I mean, Sidney Crosby had concussion issues for what, like three years. Yeah. Like we talked about that. I mean, but that's Sidney Crosby. I don't think any of us are going to say Bowen Byron's on this, on the Sidney Crosby level, but I just don't know. But like Griffin said, I don't know if there's a player you can trade for other than like a Jack, like if it was a Jack Eichel, I'd take that in a heartbeat, but I just don't know if there's anyone out there right now that I'd be willing to part with Byron for. Yeah, I think to, like, awesome. let's, I'm saying hypothetically, let's say a guy that's possibly being traded, Matthew Kachuk. Do you trade Byram and a pick for Kachuk? I think you do. I don't. I don't. No. You don't think, I, imagine Landeskog followed by Kachuk in a top six. But also Kale McCarr and Bo Byram following each other with Devontae's and Sam Girard behind them. I mean, the value. But that's what you have Justin Barron for. But is Justin Barron going to be that difference maker alongside Kale McCarr as much as Byram could be? I per- I love Bo Byram like, yeah. extensively, like almost as much as I love Berkey on this team. He's become like my guy on defense. So maybe I'm just skewed and biased towards him. But if just think- he does stay healthy, I mean, and you're, you make a great point with the head injuries, but if he does stay healthy, you're looking at a potential – best pairing we've seen since like Niedermeyer pronger kind of thing i i get where you're coming from but i'm just in my mind i'm like what's more important a fourth defenseman or a second line winger that's a top line player on most other teams i mean is byram fourth best defenseman uh he's definitely not top two so it's between him and gerard and right now i give the edge to gerard because he can stay on the ice i mean it's uh, it's probably a month ago how he would have flip-flopped that and Gerard was dealing with his injury stuff and Byron was, was ripping up the league and concussions just throw a wrench in everything. And I don't ever want to, to give up on a guy, especially this early in his career, but it, regardless of how any of us feel about it, it's something that is going to have to be watched throughout his yeah, career. And if he gets another concussion this season, let's say so for some reason, like, I don't know, January takes another hit, his value is going way down because that'll be what four concussions in a calendar year. Like, then good luck even trading the kid. I'd say good luck having him at all. Exactly. Playing NHL hockey. It's, it's tough conversation to have, but if you're going for a cup now and he's the piece that gets a crazy deal done at the deadline, I think you strongly consider it. Yeah. I mean, with the window that this team has with the Nathan McKinnon contract and Joe, Joe Sackick's not a guy to do things the traditional way. If he no. sees a move that's going to make this team better and win the cup, he will do it. And we can sit here and put ourselves in his shoes all we want. But that guy is one of the best general managers in the league for a reason. But we've thrown out all these crazy hypotheticals. What if, what, what that, all the past playoff failures against Vegas and how this team has looked so far. But there's only really one question that matters is, can this team put it all together in May when the playoffs start? and hoist the Stanley Cup this year in July. As it's currently constructed, they will not be able to win the Stanley Cup. 
okay. until they get a better top six winger with uh, to either to replace Nachushkin, take his spot, whatever. Um, they need more depth scoring. And yeah, Kadri's on fire, but is he going to continue that? Maybe, maybe not. But you need a better option on his wing outside of Burakovsky, who we've seen at times gets very, very cold. I know you love the guy, but he no, has some cold spells where he can't I score know for like 22 game. straight games. Um, so I think you need a top six forward. And I think another depth defenseman uh, will be key for the playoffs. So I think at the deadline, it all comes down to the deadline for me. If they don't make any moves at the deadline, then they're not winning the cup. If they can acquire an Evgeny Malkin or something crazy, some guy who's a free agent next season um, to help their top six and a depth defenseman other than Jack Johnson and Ryan Murray, I think they have what it takes. And I believe in Kemper. We saw him win gold with Canada in the world championship. So we know he can win in close games and tight important moments. So I think it all comes down to the deadline. Honestly, I know that's a cop-out answer, but that's my answer. I don't think it's a cop-out. I think it's just the truth is because I think Avs fans know right now, like this team has its flaws and they're big flaws. Like they, they aren't little flaws. They have big flaws. Um, I mean, we saw at the beginning of the year, the team couldn't score and now all of a sudden they're starting to score, but you can't rely on that. You need to be able to score throughout the entire year. Um, I do think there's some moves that can be made. I just, I'm interested to see what Sackick does if he's willing to part with those blue chip prospects that he's, kind of stockpiled in recent years. Um, and I'm sure if you were to talk to Nathan McKinnon, he'd be cool with it because we really don't, oh, we haven't 100%. talked about that possibility. We haven't talked about that possibility. McKinnon's contract's up in two years. There's no guarantee he's going to resign here. Mm, There's I, no guarantee. I would put a large sum of money that Nathan McKinnon has signed this offseason to an extension. Uh, from what we heard, it seems like McKinnon was a big part of keeping Landeskog here, which was surprising because I was like, oh, maybe McKinnon wants the scene. He's like, get out of here, Gabe. Um, but no, it's uh, he wanted Gabe here, which means he wants to be here. So I don't think McKinnon would go anywhere. What I could see more happening is somehow, some way he convinces Sydney to come to Colorado, um, <laughs> which would be cool to end his career with the two Nova Scotia boys. But yeah, I mean, is there a worse, let's just be honest, is there a worse top line forward in hockey right now other than Logan O'Connor? I mean, I love Logan O'Connor, but we were talking about this guy as a fourth liner. <laughs> exactly. In. Yeah. I mean, the the guy works damn hard and I love him for it, but this is, uh, we're going to need to get a little bit of health back here kind of soon. Cause this it's, it's unsustainable. It's that simple. What no one talks about here. Let me ask you guys this is Nathan McKinnon's chemistry an issue. Like why did the team start doing well once he got hurt? Like, is- I think, there's something I think there. there was just a bit of a wake-up call that came with it. And I also think that when this team was struggling, I think McKinnon can get in his head that he needs to solve this problem himself. Starts pressing, yeah. Yeah. And it's not addition by subtraction, but I also think that like this team realized, okay, we all have to step up. There is no McKinnon to bail us out. And I also think that when McKinnon comes back, he will have seen that these guys can fix this problem themselves and he can relax and be a playmaker and start to round more into his form. And we're going to start to see that chemistry with that top line develop even further. Cause he only has one goal. Even I it's funny because you can tell when he's pressing, he gets angry and starts slamming his sticks, slamming doors yeah. on the bench. You're like, that's not the McKinnon we want. We want relaxed razzle dazzle Nate McKinnon. We don't want angry one. Yeah. That's exactly. You want exactly the McKinnon against the wild. You want the McKinnon against the Wild. That's the McKinnon we want. We want playoffs, game. Nathan McKinnon, besides yeah. the Vegas series. Besides the Vegas series. Yeah, well, game one of the Vegas series. We'll take game one. Killer. Uh, I, well, let's not discount, too, like the return of Devontae's is probably 
It shows oh. you how important he is. All of a sudden, Kale McCarr is playing the best hockey of the last two years. And like he was struggling too to start the season. Now he's got Devontae's back on his right side. And he's like, oh, this is so yeah. much fun. Like, Crazy sorry, coincidence. Taze comes back. All of a sudden, the defense turns into one of the best in the league again. Crazy how that works. Yeah, that's probably one of the best defensive contracts in hockey too. I love We've Devontae. got a lot of those, honestly, on the back end. Taze, McCarr, Gerard. We've got a lot of those best defensive contracts. God, yeah, EJ's money guys. can come off the books anytime now, though. Yeah. Yeah. Got, but... I love EJ. I love, love EJ. EJ. But that, that, that contract aged poorly. Yes. Yeah. Six Very million dollars. So. And at least it expires when McKinnon's up. So we can at least allocate yeah, You take his money. six, add it to McKinnon's six. Here's $12 million. Here's, yeah. Here's $12 million. We'll figure out the rest from there. Go buy yourself a nice house, Mac. You deserve yeah, it. Hopefully salary cap goes up by then, too. Fingers crossed. Doubtful, but yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the, the rumor is a million every year. So by the time McKinnon's up, it'll maybe be an extra two million. So we've got we've got eight million right there. We can work with that. And please do not resign Tyson Jost. There's no one I dislike more on this team. Uh, and, I know people love him. We have not had a Tyson Jost conversation this season, which I think describes Tyson Jost's season so far. I didn't want him back. I said it before. I was like, I don't like this kid uh sorry not even kid now grown man uh he just was not worth the money to me and when they signed him i was like no he's blake como to me i hated blake como when he was here and tyson joseph is blake como 2.0 interesting yeah we've i i honestly i don't have an opinion on tyson joseph because i just haven't seen anything from him this year which i guess exactly. is my opinion he's just there tyson he's just there right now feel like he's not really first. creating any high scoring chances like yeah he's just a fan favorite because people love him because he's very sociable People love Tyson like, Tuesdays. That's it. Yeah. It's because Barry's gone. He's the new Tyson. <laughs> yeah. Like my sister, my sister thinks he's hot. So that's why Barry she loves him. Good so it makes good. sense. So I agree with it. I, I don't know. It's just one of those top 10 picks you hope will work out. And he's just going to carve himself out as a third liner. I kind of think of him like a thought of, remember Jack Skilly? Yeah. 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 That's kind of how I think of him, of Jost right now. It's just me. Like, what did he do to warrant two million dollars? Uh, that's all I yeah. have to say. Yeah, but awesome. Well, we're we're heading right up on uh, on uh, game time. Drew, you got you got anything you want to promote for us, real quick? Anything we should check out? Same old, same old. Check out Hat Picks and Dang It's uh, with me and Dangle on Tuesdays and Thursdays on Sportsnet. And uh, if you want, if you like NFL picks, check out our uh, NFL show on Tuesdays where I host alongside Cam Stewart. We bet every single game of the NFL slate. Yeah. And I, awesome. I know Christian for sure. will will love stuff like that. And 100%. Bro, you're doing some, you're doing some great work at Sportsnet. Thank you so much once again for, for taking the time with us and coming on. We really do appreciate everyone. Please go check out his stuff on Sportsnet. You won't regret it. It's always excellent, but Drew again, thanks for coming on, man. No worries, guys. Keep it up. Uh, happy that Christian was here to see me this time. I and mean, last time he bailed because he didn't like me, he said. So uh, glad he's here. <laughs> I also didn't know he existed. Yeah. And uh, let's go Ohio State, right? Ohio State. On oh, Saturday, no, 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 no. We're, oh, we're going blue, baby. Oh, go we're going to stop. Oh, Christian's going to get mad. <laughs> I won't get mad. I just got to enjoy the trash talk while I can because Saturday they're going to get their asses. Michigan's I will say ass. no stadium that has I've had a worse experience at than Ann Arbor. I I couldn't get out of there for like four hours after the game, the Leafs Winter Classic. I was so pissed. So, enjoy oh, you got to come with me. I'll show you all the back roads that you take. Trust me, there's a all good right. way. There's a good way. I got you next time. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Drew. We appreciate it, man. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks so much once again, Drew. And we will be back after the Ducks game for more. Tell it abs it is.
Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. The NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL team and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. It does not matter the goal, whether it's a one-time shot or a deflection in front. However, any team lights the lamp, you win. If DraftKings Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, don't worry. DraftKings will not leave you empty-handed because everybody can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. And that's not all, because DraftKings is also giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with just their first deposit. That's right. All you've got to do is simply just put some money in the account, and you get a free shot at millions of dollars. That's it. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, back to the episode. And that was our conversation with Mr. Drew Livingstone of Sportsnet. Hope you guys enjoyed that interview. I know I certainly did. Drew's just always such a blast to have on, like we said. Yeah, he's just a fantastic dude. And like you said before, the, the interview, he's basically interviewing us at the same time. Um, putting us on the spot with some questions. So I love having him on. Yeah, just such a fun guy to follow on Twitter. Such a fun guy to have on the show. It's, he's a busy guy, so I really do appreciate him making the time to, to come on with us. But uh, to move on now, we had a game just wrap up. The Avalanche extend their winning streak to six games in a row. They knock off the Anaheim Ducks with, again, relative ease. Final score of five to two. And this team is, is, is just rolling right now. They are crushing just about every team put in front of them. Yeah, they're crushing them. And we were talking about this because we, we were chit-chatting the whole game. Outside of the Canucks game, no game's really been close. I know that Senders game was close. but The, the Sens game, it was close, but at the same time, it wasn't. Yeah, we dominated that game. It shouldn't have been yeah. that close. If Darcy Kemper doesn't lose a skate blade, which, oh, wait, he did that again tonight. <laughs> Um, if I if I had a nickel for every time Darcy Kemper lost his skate blade, I'd have 15 cents, which is not a lot. That's weird. That's happened three times. You'd be 15 cents richer than you probably would have started at the beginning of the year. That's for sure. Um, because yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with Darcy Kemper skates. Um, but hey, Avs equipment team, let's give him a new pair. Let's have him break in a new pair. Yeah, that, I, let's not cut corners on the starting goaltender skate, please. Yeah. Please, I mean, please, we don't need that. But it was a direct it, it, cause of the Ducks' first goal. He literally yeah, lost his skate blade, 100%. like pushing off the post out. Because we we were watching that together. We were both like, "What? What the fuck is he doing?" He just fell down again, like he did yeah. against the Senators. And you watch the replay. He literally lost his skate blade, like it just slid out from under him. Yeah. And, the and he tried just, to stand back up, and he just lost his foot. And he looked like I do on two pairs of skates. Yeah. When I'm trying to skate, but it was hilarious. Um, 
luckily that goal didn't really matter because as we talked about the abs kicked the shit out of the ducks tonight but um at the time it, it seemed a little scary because the first 10 minutes of the game for the abs was not good yeah it was it was pretty quiet honestly the it took a little little bit for the ball to get rolling and the the continue on Kemper they had to take him out of the game and fix his skates again like they did against the Senators and Jonas Johansson comes in and then it happens again in the, in the second yeah. period like right at the start of the second period he loses his skate again and they pull him again and put Jojo in again I've never heard of anything like you can't that. make this stuff up you can't script that like you can't make that up you can't even script that people would be like oh that just doesn't happen that's not realistic yeah it, it was hilarious like now that the abs won we can laugh at it just like we did when they beat the centers like it's funny but at the same time it's like what the fuck's going on like this doesn't happen to any other goaltender in the league and it's happened three times in two games to darcy kemper yeah, and at that point, it's not the skate blade, it's the skate. The skate itself is broken. If the if the blade is falling out that easily on a slight push-off, like like you said, that does not happen. It does, yeah. it happens maybe once or twice a season at most if it happens at all. The most the most memorable thing I can think of is like, oh, occasionally a guy loses his blade on his way to the bench and he has to be like pushed by his teammates or something. And like I, I always remember Tuka Rask in the playoffs against the Lightning losing his his blade and like throwing it at the ref, but that was like four years ago. Yeah, it seems to happen to the Avs way too much. But and usually when it happens to us, uh, like a position player, it, it's because they get hit with a puck, and like the the puck knocks it out. But yeah, it was it was funny. I mean, it's funny I, now. You, you can't write that stuff. It is funny. It's hurting Darcy Kemper's save percentage, but uh, again, but it's, it's resulting in abs win. So it's okay. But like I was saying that first 10 minutes, I think we both were kind of sitting there like, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah. Like, it, it just started kind of slow and it looked like it took a second for the ball to get rolling. It, it didn't help that that ducks goal went in pretty early on. And it was one, nothing early on a power play. It looked like we were in for kind of a clunker after a really messy Senators game. I mean, we talked about it a bit with Drew, but I don't think we can do justice just how chaotic that Senators game was. And this game early on kind of felt like we were, I don't know, hung over from that. But when you have Kale McCarr on your team, things just tend to work themselves out in the end because this guy's the best defenseman in the world. He's on a re- ridiculous pace right now he has his eighth goal of the season remember when kale mccarr was struggling a month ago they're like oh kale mccarr he's just something's not right with him right now we look back a month ago after the the capitals game where he was what a minus four and getting torched on the ice he just he didn't have his full range of motion nothing was working with him a month ago and i'd say he's regressing back to the mean at this point he is fully in the opposite direction he is the best defenseman in the nhl right yeah now. remember like a month ago when we were freaking out about him and like wondering like oh is he gonna be back yeah he's fine yeah he, he just needed to shake off the rust like we forget he didn't play in the preseason yeah like, we he forget did not that. did not play a single preseason game and started the regular season hurt yeah he started hurt and he sat out a couple of games and now he's all better and now he's yeah. back to being the the hall of fame on pace defenseman that he's that he's going to be for the rest of his career. Yeah. 
And the biggest reason why, and we talked about this, it's funny because I was watching the game. I was probably on like a five, six second delay. And I was talking about Devon Taves. And right as I say that Devon Taves just does Devon Taves things. And we cannot say enough good things about Devon Taves because him coming back has really been the catalyst to this win streak. Oh yeah. It's not a, it's not a coincidence. We said this with Drew. It's not a coincidence that Devon Taves comes back. We lose that first game. That's that sloppy mess in Columbus which he still played very well in. And we just suddenly rattle off a six game point streak and our defense all of a sudden looks back to form. It's not a coincidence. And the other day I saw NHL network tweet out, we are crowning Oliver Bjorkstrand, the most underrated player in the NHL. That is bullshit. Devontae is the most underrated player in the league. And it's not particularly close. This guy does not get nearly enough love for just how good he is. We've said it before. He's nearly the perfect defenseman. They showed a stat during the game, and I, I'm going to get it a little wrong because I didn't save it. But since, like, towards the end of the last regular season and the playoffs, and since he came back, he's been on the ice for, I believe, 31 goals and on the ice, or 31 goals four, I should say, and on the ice for, like, seven goals against it might have been four even this guy is like a plus 27 you can't make that up that's not a coincidence this guy is unreal we got him for two second round picks that's insane well we talked about that with drew just like the amount of good contracts the abs have on the back end is ridiculous kale mccarr even even kale mccarr like you signed him he's the best defenseman in the league and he's still making he was what like seventh or eighth and AAV for defensemen? Yeah, he was one of the first big-name defensemen to sign his contract. And right after he signed, Seth Jones got that mammoth extension for 9.5. Darnell Nurse got his. Wawrenski got his. And we haven't talked about it, but Adam Fox got his for more than Kale McCarr. And according to a lot of models and just according to common sense, that's one of the best contracts in the league because we don't have to worry about it for six years. He's scoring at this pace. And we talked about Gerard, $5 million for a defenseman of that caliber for six more years. I mean, if you want to bring him up as trade bait, that's his most valuable asset is that contract. It's unbelievable. And Devon Tays, the only knock you can have on it is that it's not long enough. And that in, th- in three years, he's probably going to be gone because he is going to get paid handsomely by whoever picks him up 4.1 for two seasons after this one. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. The, the, the abs cap management has been really great with the, the defenseman. We talked about it a little bit with drew to the outliers, the EJ contract, but that's coming off the books in a couple of years. Even but then, at the time when EJ signed, that was a great deal. Even like, then with the EJ contract, it's not a great contract, but he's still good. And he yeah. still fits on the team. Like when I think of, bad contracts i think of like this guy is not a fit this guy is a third pair defenseman ej is a second pair defenseman on most teams and he just gets pushed down the lineup here because it's so ridiculously good here and yes six million is too much it's for two more years i think you can gut gut it out it's not that bad but yeah and even with it ej's been very serviceable this year yeah he's been 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 really really solid I've had no complaints. Yeah, he's been really good. But yeah, as usual on the show, we got a little off topic, but um, that's fine. Yeah, it's typical for us. 
Um, we talked about the Kale McCarr's first goal, tied the game at one. Uh, Alex Newhook, second goal, two straight goals in uh, two games. Um, he seems to be back, gives the abs a 2-1 lead. What, did they take 2-1 lead into the second period? I believe no. Kubel scored halfway through to make it 3-1. to one. Okay. Yeah, the, the, I was I, for some reason I thought the new hook goal was a lot later in the in the second period than it was. It was only two minutes in. Yeah, yeah, like, you're right. You're right. So the Avs go up two one. Nicholas Obeykubel scores, which two goals for Nicholas Obeykubel, just I, like we all I, predicted. I said I'd be happy with five goals by the end of the year with him. He's already at two. Yeah, like you, you can't you can't make this stuff up. Like it was just I. I I don't know what else to say. Like that was just another great pickup by Joe Sackick. He seems to be playing really well. Um, gives the abs a three, one lead. Um, and they're up going into the third period, three, one against our nemesis pretty much of last year. Why John do the ducks hate us so much? They despise Nazem Kadri. Yeah. Getzlaff was slashing him in the back of the legs. And we, we, we glossed right over it, but Curtis McDermott did a, did a thing a positive. He did the thing that we traded a goddamn fourth-round pick for. He fought a guy. He played tonight, which is concerning, but he played forward tonight, which is concerning, uh, whatever. He fights Nicholas Delorier in the first period, and we, we were laughing because he they were both missing every single punch, but it looked cool. It was really slow. It looked really cool. It looked really cool because it's just two big dudes throwing punches. I don't think anyone won, but he fought. He did the thing. He fought Nick Delorier, who absolutely hates us for some reason. Did we did, did we do something to him last year that I'm just totally blanking on? I can't remember. I can't remember. Like it, it it's just mind blowing to me. But yeah, I mean, we talked about it. Our our nemesis, the player yeah. that we love to beef on the most, is Curtis McDermott. And I'm gonna say something nice about Curtis McDermott. You better sit down for this, Griffin. Be ready. Um, he didn't do anything that made me want to throw something at the TV tonight. And that's probably the nicest thing you can say about Curtis McDermott. That is the highest compliment you can ever give Curtis McDermott is that you didn't fuck up. And you yeah. know, the whole, the whole thing at forward is weird. But when we had this conversation like about a month or so ago, I was like, if you have to play him, I'm fine with it. As long as he's not the last line of defense. When, cause you see it like against Braden Shen both times in both blues games that he got just completely cooked because he's the only guy back. If he's going to get cooked, I'd rather Devon Taze be back there and like covering his back or something. Like you can't put that guy on defense. No, you can't. And it, it was, like I said, it was the nicest thing I can say about Curtis McDermott. It was the nicest thing I can say about it. I, I he, think this is as successful a game as he can have. You, you go out there and you have him out there as just basically an assassin to go out there and fight someone and don't, give up any goals that's yep. it go on that's there it. throw some hits have a fight get the fuck off the ice yeah and that's what he did and and he he was serviceable he did a good job tonight i will say very nice things about curtis mcdermott no complaints tonight about curtis mcdermott um but yeah the, the as were up 3-1 at the end of the second period and then uh in the third period um griffin can, can you let me know who has the longest active point streak in the nhl right now I, I believe it, it rhymes with um, like badgery or something. Is that something close to that? Is it? Yeah. Uh, 
I think his name's Nazem like, Kadri. Na- I think that's so. The one. Nazem Kadri. That's ten we got him. Game we got him there. point streak. He is on a roll right now. He gets the primary assist on the Kale McCarr goal in the first period, and he scores 57 seconds into a, uh, the third period on a five-on-three, his seventh goal of the year. And what is that? His 25th point in 15 games. I love the stat they put up for him tonight. Like Nazem Kadri's best starts to the season. It's like some of them in Toronto, he had like 14 and 20. And this one, he has like 25. It's unreal the kind of pace he's on. It's it's not like he's like reaching his prime. He's he's 31 right now. He's not really young anymore. And he's having by far on pace for what what did Drew say? 126 points. But now that's gone up after this game. It's unbelievable. You you can't you can't make this stuff up. And it was do I think he's gonna keep up this pace? No. But he's going to probably end with high 60s, maybe low 70s point total. That's great. Like, yeah, he's not going to score 126 points. Getting 60 points from Nazem Kadri is unbelievable. Yeah. Like, that's that's from your second line center. You're getting 60 points in 82 games. You're laughing all the way to a president's trophy, probably, because you're going to get Nathan McKinnon back. And he's <laughs> going to figure it out and start scoring at a 100-point pace. It's unbelievable because i i had high hopes for kadri this season to bounce back I, I did not expect him to turn into oh this is a top three point scorer in the league be, like with mcdavid tricital and ovechkin yeah it, it's it's you can't make this stuff up it, it's just it's just like we all predicted right yeah. like we all sat back and we we're like nazim kadri third and point scoring half or quarter of the way through the season almost like just like we all predicted. I got, I have to read his stat lines. His, his first two games of the season, goal and assist against Chicago, two assists against St. Louis, and then he just went dark for four straight games, minus two against the Caps, minus one against Florida, minus one against Tampa, minus one against Vegas, and then he just hit the ground running. He had 15 penalty minutes against St. Louis because <laughs> he got thrown out for talking to Jordan Bennington. He still scores a goal in that game. He scores against Minnesota three assists against Columbus, an assist against Columbus, assist in the first game against Vancouver. And then shit just totally goes off the rails. Goal, two assists against the Sharks. Goal, two assists against the Canucks. Two assists against Seattle. And a goal, three points, or a goal, three assists against Ottawa. And now a goal and an assist in this game against the Ducks. Like, what? What's going (laughs) on? Where did this come from? Like, you couldn't even get the indication from the start of the season, it looked like he was in another slump. Yeah, it, it looked like he was. And the thing that's been most exciting to me, when McKinnon went out, it, it, it was a little cause for concern. But with Logan O'Connor stepping up to the four, first line, you have, you've been able to keep that second line together with Berkey, Val, and Kadri. So when you do get McKinnon back, you just plug McKinnon back in that top line, and your first two lines are going to be rolling. Yeah, and speaking of that second line, they both continued their point streaks as well. I love that. I loved all the stats they put up there in this game. I'm referencing almost all of them. They've looked at points per game this season, and you know you got your Drysital and your McDavid and your Ovechkin up there. Nazem Kadri second. He had Kale McCarr on there too. He had Andre Burakovsky at the bottom of the list too, fifth in the league in points per game, which is crazy to think about. Burakovsky picks up an assist. In this game, he's up to six goals and eight points. 
in <laughs> 14 games. And his stat line's gone pretty underrated as of late. It's not a big point streak because he missed one game, but the, the road game against St. Louis, assist, assist against Minnesota, two goals against Columbus, assist in Vancouver. He got a goal against the Sharks, quiet in the second game against the Canucks, but then two goals against Seattle, three assists against Ottawa, and now an assist against the Ducks. I mean, this the second line is unbelievable, and Val scored too to put this game away. Yeah. Like the second line's playing the way the second line was playing last year. Like, and that's without Brandon Sod. I'd I'd say even better. Yeah. Like they're producing better right now. And granted, they're getting some more ice time with McKinnon being out. Like it's going to be, once McKinnon gets back, it's going to tip more towards the top line. But if they continue, continue this production, the apps are a very formidable team. I mean, what what was that? We're going to reference another stat in the game, another stat in the game that popped up. 36 goals in the past five games for the avalanche. Yeah. I, I love going crazy. If you go through Peter Ball's Twitter right now, it is just full of serotonin. You look at that. And first we should mention Jared Bednar winning as head coach in avalanche history with this win. doesn't feel like he's been here that long, but that's just how successful he's been winning as coached already in abs history. And yeah, the stat you're referring to abs are on a six game win streak and have outscored opponents 36 to 15 over the past six games, all of which they've played without Nathan McKinnon. And another one of my favorite tweets from him, here are Avs players averaging a point per game. Nathan McKinnon, Gabe Landeskog, Miko Rantanen, Val Nachushkin, Nazem Kadri, Kale McCarr, and Devon Tays. That is a list of seven people on one team. And that's Two without... Of them are defensemen. Yeah, and that's without one of the top three players in the world. Yeah. And that's without the top guy on that same list playing. It's crazy. It's been so much fun. And Griffin and I've been talking about this, like this has been so like, this feels like the avalanche team that should be like, none of these games have really been close. Like it's been a very relaxed win. Like Griffin, for example, we both were able to leave with like two minutes left to go to the bathroom. Because there was nothing consequential that was going to happen in the game. Yeah. Like we were able to come and get prepped for the show because the Avalanche have just been kicking the shit out of people. Yeah. Like at at a certain point, what do you talk about? This team's dominating and they're doing it without their best players. And the the only thing I can really say is that next month is going to be games a lot more condensed and against, granted, some tougher teams. And we're going to see what this team really is and i i have high expectations for them and they've answered the bell in a big way i mean they have not lost a game since mckinnon has been out that's not insignificant and like you said only two of those games were stressful and only one of them was because of the play on the ice and that was the second vancouver game it got a little dicey but ultimately our our skill and our power play overpowered uh, a desperate canucks team and the ottawa game yeah, the score was close, but the game wasn't. We yeah. killed them. They didn't. They should have gotten maybe two goals out of that game. We should have been totally right about the, the our our score predictions coming into that game. Seven to five. Ne- not in a million years if Kemper is even twenty percent of what he was over the last six games because he was like one percent. And, and I honestly think a lot of it was because he lost that, st- that that skate and he had to go out of the game for five ten minutes. Yeah. Like it throws off the complete rhythm of your game. Oh yeah. That screws you up big time. So 
it was like, I, I don't know what else to say, man. We, we came into November. We both were talking about how they needed to step it up because this was a month that you had to gain points. And what did they do? They've lost the first two. We gave them some shit for it. But since then, it's been a fucking wagon of a team right now. Yeah. And they're doing exactly what we needed them to do in November. Bet, like, but even, even with those two games lost, they got a point out of one of them. Yeah. And you look at the month, six, one, and one. And you include those two games at the end of October. That's eight, one, and one. You have points in nine of your last 10 games. Yeah. You, and, you, you blew a lead against Columbus. Kemper almost stole that one for you. If you try, if you try a little harder, you win it. It's that simple. It's that simple. And it's, we, we talked about with Drew, the central division is turning out to probably be the weakest division in hockey. I am stunned. Um, which is a little surprising. Um, like it's full of a bunch of very mediocre teams. And then the abs. Yeah. Like you look at all the teams here, you look at the top I'm going to go by points percentage here because that's the way you should measure teams in the regular season. Minnesota, 6.58 points percentage, 25 points in 19 games. I don't feel like they're they're good. They're a good team. Outside the abs, they're the best team here. But I don't feel like they're that good. They just keep finding ways to win games. Like today, they played the New Jersey Devils. First of all, really funny story. The game got delayed because they got literally stuck in traffic, which I thought was hysterical. <laughs> That's pretty funny. They didn't count on, oh, New Jersey might have a lot of traffic on uh, – Oh, was this Thanksgiving? They, <laughs> Thanksgiving did, they, week. May, they maybe didn't consider that. So the game got delayed 30 minutes because the players weren't there. <laughs> but I regard, didn't hear that. That's funny. Yeah, that is hilarious. Yeah, the Devils outshoot them 42 to 27. And the Wild blow a 2-0 lead in the third period. And they win it in a shootout. That's just, they find ways to win and good on them. But I feel like that bubble is going to collapse. And oh, it's are, for sure going to collapse here soon. We are 0.002 percentage points behind them. We've played 16 games. We have 21 points. We're four points behind them. But our next win, as long as they either lose or things stay the same, we should be ahead of them in points percentage. And you go beneath them. The Blues, we talked about it. They are in a free fall. Yeah. They lost today to the Detroit Red Wings. And... They lost recently to the Coyotes. They actually beat up on Vegas, I think, yeah, uh, they did. in their last game. And that was an impressive win. But they're 3-6-1 and one in their last 10. And it's not good. After their, after their undefeated start, they're 10-7-2. They've already fallen completely back down to earth. And Winnipeg, winless in their last four games. They're 0-3-1. And, and they got yeah. shut out today by the Blue Jackets. It's, it's not pretty. It's not a good division. You could argue the second hottest team in the central division is the Arizona Coyotes. 3-0-1 in their past four games. 3-0-1. And, you know, they were down 4-1 to the Oilers when we started recording this. It's 4-3. Not good for my puck line bet on the Oilers, but uh, they got still three minutes left to tie this game and get more points out of it. All of a sudden, the Coyotes have 10 points. Uh, the, the Blackhawks, ever since they hired their, their new coach and, and cleaned out the trash after all that allegation stuff, They've they've strung together a couple wins. They're about five hundred. Ever I don't remember the guy's name at all. I can't either. But they're six eleven and two. They they stayed in it with the Flames the other night, and they've 
they've won a decent share of games. Flurry's been back to form, but they're they're just not going to catch up. They dug themselves too deep a hole. Dallas is just not working right now. I I think Dallas is going to turn it around and be better. But they have slowly turned it around. They're good at home. They're really and, good at home. And Nashville, I've, I've talked never, about. I've never been impressed by Nashville ever yeah, since. We talked about the beginning of the year. They're going to be a forty-one and forty-one team. Yeah, like, they're going to be five hundred. They're they're five-five-three right now. Yeah. They lost three-one to Vegas tonight. Yeah, like they're they're a they're a good team if they get it right. They can scare you, but they're not. If we matched up with them in the playoffs, we'd sweep them. <clears throat> oh my god, that's that would be the most lop, that would be a more lopsided series than the Blues last year. It would yeah. not be close. Again, I just look at this division. I'm like, I just listed every team and I'm not remotely threatened. Nope. Nope. And the Avs have games in hand. They're good. They're going to catch these teams. We have three games in hand on every team in front of us. Yeah. It's, it's not close. And I mean, we look at Minnesota and we talked about like Minnesota's our toughest challenge here and would be the toughest playoff series. They are not beating us in a seven game playoff series. It just not a chance. It's not going to, ha- they don't have the personnel to do it. No. And it's not, we saw it's what not happened. Like we saw what happened like earlier this team. year. Yeah. It's not like they're a team that like owns us and like kicks our ass when we play them and just plays us to a style we can't match. We beat them at their own game. And yeah, yeah. they win a couple of them just because they're not bad. Like that's it in a seven game playoff series, we would win. That's our biggest threat here. You have to get out of the second round. There's yeah. no other chance. There's no excuses for it this year. Like granted, we'll see, have to see what the team coming out of the Pacific is. But even but... then, like we, we have the three teams in the Pacific locked up for there. It is going to be Calgary, Edmonton, Vegas done. And we just played, I think the only other team that can come out of it, the ducks. And we killed them. Yeah. And I don't think the Ducks are going to make it there. We just talked a bunch of shit on the Central. I really don't see how the Pacific gets another playoff team in here. I mean, these teams are still growing and they're still bouncing back and maybe they can get one. But I feel like these teams are are worse than mediocre. Anaheim has a shot. They've played well enough to this point that if they can somewhat keep it up, they have a shot because the, the West is wide open and they can do that. Well, who did we just play and absolutely destroy? Yeah, At, like right after their hot streak. Yeah, like it's it like the West is shaking up to be. We both don't trust the Oilers. I mean, they're almost going to blow this game against Coyotes, like we talked about. I don't, um, I don't have the Oilers getting out of the first round unless yeah. unless they play unless they play a, a wild unless they win that division, they might get out of the first round. But I don't see them making the conference final. Yeah, like. Vegas is going to be good. I, I I think it's like we talked about the game here. I think it's matching up for Vegas, Colorado in the Western Conference Finals. And, uh, and, let, like, and let's throw an upset in there. Let's say Calgary gets there. They, they've got a solid defense right now. They're they're putting up shutouts and such. Are you scared of the Flames? No. no the Flames I'm have not. something to prove to us. We destroyed them yeah. years ago. Like, again, it, it comes down to Vegas. All roads go through Vegas. It's fate. <laughs> There's no way it's not going to be Vegas. I mean, we, we have to get there. Again, like last episode, we are six months ahead of ourselves right now. But all roads lead to Vegas. The Jack Eichel trade, they're get it, they're they're real, they're really good in their last 10 games. I think they're like seven and three, and they're not healthy. Playing just like the abs. They're playing yeah. just like the abs. Yeah. They're and they're not healthy yet. 
Yeah. But that's it in the West, man. The West sucks. The West sucks this year. So this is the time for the abs to make their move. And if they continue to play like they're playing, I don't see many teams competing with us. Like, I just don't. I don't. Like, we're playing like the upper echelon team we are. And it's been fantastic to watch. And I hope it's been fantastic for you all to listen to because Griffin and I, I, this is, this has been great for us. It's so much more fun talking about the playoffs than it is talking about the doom and gloom. Oh, man. Regular I mean, and Drew, Drew said it perfectly. The regular season, it's pointless. Like yeah. none of this means that like I said it to him, like I remember nothing about the regular season last year. The entire, I barely remember the blues series because it was so meaningless. It all mattered against Vegas. That's all I remember. Yep. And here we are in November. Like we're, we're not even close to the playoffs. We're not, we're tomorrow is going to be American Thanksgiving and also happy Thanksgiving to all of our American listeners and happy Thursday to all of our non-American listeners. But that's the point where you, the first ever point of the season where you can really start to judge a team. And even then I really don't feel like it's appropriate maybe until Christmas. No, I'd still, I'd still give it another month at that point. We're so far away from the playoffs. It's yeah. We're so far away, and I can guarantee you the Avs are going to have another rough stretch. It's going to happen. It's just the way the regular season works. They're going to have another rough stretch, and we're going to talk about it because that's what we get paid to do is talk about the Avs, and we're going to probably freak out, and then they'll do this shit again. So it's the it's the course of the regular season that you just described exactly how the rest of the season is going to go. We have an we have an easy month right now. This is we're in the middle of an easy month. We're dominating like we should. When we get to December, there's going to be more back-to-backs and against tougher teams like the Leafs and the Bruins, even teams like the Lightning and the Panthers, we're going to have to face again too. And I want to see how we match up against those teams because if we were in the East right now, I, my attitude would be a lot different. Yeah. The there's East a lot is of good teams in that East. There's a lot of good teams that if we matched up with in the Stanley Cup final, it would be, be a good a, at least a very good – like Carolina, that's a damn good team. As much as – I, I talked about this last year on the show because at the start of the playoffs, this was the most likely uh, Stanley Cup final matchup. But the abs and caps, I would want to step on a rusty nail because that series <laughs> would that would actually tear me apart. But that would be a really – yeah, I feel that like it would be so weird. It would be horrible, honestly. I wouldn't enjoy it because, like, it, it, it feels like a cop-out. Yeah. Like, no, oh, no matter what I win, what in the Stanley Cup final, no pressure, no pressure, no pressure, right? That just feels so. I'd have to pick a side at a certain you point. Would. I'd have you to, would. and I'm not going to, I'm not going to pick a side because it's not going to happen. So yeah. we, we, but we then we'll even cross that bridge when it happens. Yeah. It's um, six months away. But even that's totally off topic. And by the time you all listen to this, it's going to be crazy. But the Oilers just scored an empty net goal. And I think he was offsides. He was definitely offside. And I, so our, I was talking and I, I saw your eyes turn the size of dinner it, plates. RIP my puck line bet. Um, Cause that sucks. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And also I'm on the East coast with Griffin. Uh, mad shout outs to Griffin. Cause it's late here and I don't know how he does it. Oh, they called it a goal. They called it a goal. Live <laughs> reaction for you all folks. Let's go. He's paying his mortgage this month. Oh Yeah. But awesome, man. I love the abs. I love hockey. Life's good right now. Christian, uh, after winning one bet, <laughs> it's I love great. hockey. I let you sound, you sound like you just had like five whiskeys. I did. I wish I did, man. That's just the high of winning, baby. 
<laughs> uh, you got an abs win winning the bets but yeah even then getting back to to what i was saying like teams like florida toronto even even toronto they're i mean they're 11 and 2 in their last 13 right now if they get out of the first round you are gonna have to take them seriously and then there's the lightning back-to-back stanley cup champs you're getting someone's gonna have to get through them to win and yeah. if, they, if they get to the stanley cup final again and it's us against them that's gonna be a tough matchup but that's just that's like five teams I just named in the East compared to one in the West. Yeah. And we're only going to play if we go all the way, we're only playing one of those Eastern conference teams. And hopefully they beat each other up on the way to the Stanley cup final. Dude, this, this is how dominant the abs are. We're, we're looking at Stanley cup final matchups already. Yeah. I love it. I uh, love it's great, winning. Man. I love I, winning so much. It's, it's the, the best. best. It's the There's best. no better feeling in the world. Dude, I like, what are we going to do? In, like if we lose a game again, are we going to come on here and be like, huh? Well, now what? Yeah, uh, probably. We'll probably call it like, uh, this team's not even going to make the playoffs. This team's, that's that's this just how irrational we are. sucks, man. <laughs> this team sucks. Blow this it up. This team Blow sucks. Blow it up. Oh, man. Sam Girard, who, who, who wants him? Trade him. Who wants him? Yeah. Trade him right now. That's yeah. how we'll be, just because that's how we are. But <laughs> just get, get more muscle. Start punching guys. Be tougher. Do something. My team sucks. Darcy Kemper sucks. Darcy Kemper sucks. We talked about it with Drew, but people were fucking ruthless to Kemper <laughs> after his game against the Sens. That yeah, he sucked. But guys, we're not getting another goalie. This is our guy. No. We're not trading for Samsonov. I saw that as a thing. Like, well, let's go trade for Samsonov. Yeah, go f- sure. Yeah. How are you going to do I, that? I would love to. But Imagine, yeah, it's, just go just go get any goalie ever. I love it. Bring Patrick Waugh back. Bring He'd Patrick probably be great in front of those defensemen who are... <laughs> just bring Patrick Waugh back as a coach or goalie. Yeah, it doesn't matter. One of the two. One of the two. He's better at one than the other. Yeah, for real. But yeah, man, I I have no other things to say, man. This has just been so much fun. Fun. I love winning. Winning rules. We can just come. We can just come on here and just be absolute maniacs talking about the Stanley Cup final, and no one cares because it's no. winning and winning. And all Abs fans are totally on board with us too. Yeah, like that's a, every. What are they, they going to do? What, are you, right you going to complain about us being happy and winning? What do you hate? You hate winning? You a loser? <laughs> you winning? That's loser talk. That's loser talk. <laughs> um, oh man! Yeah, I I got nothing else for this one. Another fun win. We've got a a back to back coming up against the Dallas Stars and the Nashville Predators over the weekend. Our first back to back of the season, which I didn't really realize until right now. But that'll do it for this month. And hopefully we can finish those up and we can actually get my prediction of only losing two games this entire month. I mean, that would make me feel smart. I'd be pretty you you'd be the top abs podcaster in the world if you got that right. Yeah. Well, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> We'll see. We got to yeah. deal with those arch nemesis stars. So you know, we got to deal with the stars. Cause that, cause after this, it gets kind of rough. Yep. You start, you start up. Cause after this, you have, or after the Nashville game, you have a five game road trip of Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, Philly, and the Rangers. And, you know, Toronto is going to be a tough one, a really fun one. We're also going to be doing a live stream for that game. Please tune in. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll have the whole game for you from start to finish. And the next night we play the Habs, who are not good, but still back-to-back, never know. Ottawa, pesky team, should beat them. 
the Flyers, you never know what you're going to get from them game in and game out. You have to take them seriously, but there are some nights they just suck. Yep. Rangers interest me, though, because I don't believe in the Rangers, but they just keep winning. They just keep – I love Shesterkin, man. I he's think he's good. a really good goalie. Yeah, he's real good. Then we come home for three games, Detroit, Florida, Rangers again. It's going to be a tough month, and we're going to find out a lot of what this team's made of because there's no breaks anymore. There's Because mm-hmm. no, if, if people get injured, that officially sucks because they're going to miss a ton of games. Yep. It, it's it, it's going to be very interesting. I'm, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a lot like the month of October. I think there's going to be a good amount of losses in there. I think there's going to be a good amount of wins. I think if they come out of that month 500 with a couple OT losses, I'd be pretty happy because that's a murderer's row schedule. I say they come out, they don't lose a single game. Stanley Cup finals, baby. Love it. Love it. Never lose a game. We're not losing 70, a game again. 77 and five all the way. Ever. We're never losing a game ever. We're done. That's where my mind's at too, man. It's like, oh, we, we could. I mean, I, I don't we know could. how we could lose. How could we lose? The team is good. My team would never do that. They would never no. lose. They would they never lose me like that. My team has never <laughs> lost. Never do. But all those yeah, I'm excited for it, man. It's going to be count. fun. Like uh, Griffin mentioned, we do have that live stream coming up for the Montreal – or not Montreal, the Toronto game. Um, it's going to be a good time. We look forward to you all joining with us. Um, make sure you all go subscribe to the Hockey Podcast Network on YouTube. Um, it'll be a good time to interact with all of us. Uh, we're really looking forward to it. Really excited. I mean, Griffin got to practice a little bit tonight during the game. Um, it, it's going to be a good time. Well, I'm really looking forward to it. Yep. Going to be a blast. And I'll see Christian. I'm running out of voice here. Yeah. I think Let's, we're, yeah, I we, think we've we're been good. talking way too much, but yeah. uh, we've been we'll hop off. For like, yeah, man, go ahead and wrap us up. We've been on a call for like four and a half hours. <laughs> Like, I love you, man, but I'm tired. Yeah, right there with you, man. I'm on that I'm on that East Coast time with you, man. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap this one up here. This, this has been a fun one. Thanks again to, to Drew Livingstone for coming on and joining us. And thank you to the Avs for just winning. I love winning. So fun. So that's going to do it for us on this edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I have been Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Belay. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us follow me at g young's nhl you can follow christian at christian underscore belay spelled b-o-l-l-e and you can follow the show which i highly recommend at tell it abs it is where we'll be doing some more giveaways over the course of the season we gave away some more tickets tonight for the ducks game we've got more tickets coming up for the predators game and christian i believe that one's still going am i wrong yep friday friday the uh the uh 27th or 26, we'll be giving yeah. those away. So you've still got time to enter that one. All you got to do is retweet the pin post and follow us there for your fair shot to win two tickets and a parking pass to the game. Huge. So buy that at Teledabs it is. But thank you so much once again for tuning in. We see the listenership. We see the returning listeners. We see the new ones. We love you all the same. And can't wait to talk to you again on Monday after our back-to-back against the Stars and Predators. And we will talk to you guys then. Enjoy the rest of your week.